Well, this evening we're going to be looking at Mary Magdalene and her unspoken declaration on Easter morning, the declaration, I believe. It was before dawn that these three women were making their way through the streets of Jerusalem. There was Mary Magdalene, there was Salome, who was the mother of James and John, and there was Mary, the mother of James. It had been an unimaginable week, a week of trauma. They'd seen Jesus flogged and humiliated. They'd seen him falsely accused. They'd seen him sentenced instead of a murderer. They'd witnessed the painful road to Calvary. And then they'd seen the agony of crucifixion. And now, finally, Jesus is laid to rest by Joseph of Arimathea in a borrowed tomb. In those early morning streets, there would have been scarcely anybody about. There may have been some soldiers changing the guard, but there would have been little to have broken the silence as they hurried towards that tomb. They probably hadn't slept much. Sleep is usually the first casualty of trauma. So it was a weary journey to honour the one that they had loved. But who would move the stone? They'd brought spices to anoint the body, but enormous rocks sealed the tomb. But beyond their sight, God is at work. Other gospels record that there was a mighty earthquake and an angel of the Lord came down and moved the stone and the guards were almost frightened to death. As they approached the tomb, The stone had been rolled back and the tomb was empty and Mary wept. This added insult to injury. Jesus' crucifixion was enough, but now the body had been stolen. And through her tears, Mary glimpsed two angels sitting in the tomb, sitting where Jesus' body had rested. Why are you crying? They asked her. Doesn't that strike you as a bit of a dumb question? (coughs) You reach the pit of despair, only to fall further. All hope is lost, all courage gone. And then there's the emptiness of this moment. And someone asks you, why are you crying? Doesn't something inside shout, why do you think I'm crying? And as she turns, there's a third person there. He again asks her the same question, why are you crying? Mary doesn't recognise him. Sometimes it's difficult to see clearly with tears in your eyes. Sir, just tell me where he is. In despair beyond words, Mary has no answers. She simply holds out the hope, Lord, help me, where is he? In those dark moments in our lives, we do not see the light. We cannot imagine hope. We fathom new depths that we believe that no one else has ever known. In those moments, we can feel anguish and gloom and misery and dejection and despondency. In those moments, sometimes we can think this must be the end. Mary, 
Her name is called out. Mary. It's a familiar voice. It's one word that changes everything. One word that turns darkness to light. One word that causes hope to burst out in her heart. Teacher, she replies. She knows the one who's called her. It is. It's him. It's Jesus. It's the shortest conversation possible. Just two words, two names, but two words that change the whole of her life. Jesus is alive. Reality had dawned and Mary believes. Peter had seen that empty tomb, but he didn't believe. But Mary heard her name and she believed. She believed in an instant. In a split second, she believed. In that moment, she hadn't worked out what the big scheme of things was, but she believed. She hadn't worked out about all the Old Testament prophecies pointing to this moment, but she believed. And the penny hadn't dropped with all that Jesus had been teaching over the last three years. But one thing is for sure, she believed. Mary believed. Tears of grief turned to tears of joy. And that night of despair dawned into a morning of hope. A heart full of sorrow now let with joy. She believed. And how do we know this? Because of what Jesus said next. Don't hold me. In her exuberance, Mary wanted to give him a big hug. She wanted a grasp hold of the one that she loved. She wanted to embrace him. Relief, love, joy, all rolled into one. But Jesus had a job for her to do. Jesus said, no, don't hold me, but go and tell. Go and tell what you've just seen. Let others know what you have now discovered. Tell them what you've seen. And this is the message that Mary went and proclaimed. He is risen. It's the message that the disciples preached on the day of Pentecost. And it's the message that the, Trump, the church still trumpets today. It's the message that Jesus is alive. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen from the dead. Faith is very simple. Faith is not a matter of understanding everything. Faith is not about having all the answers. Faith is a matter of believing. Augustine said these very profound words. He said, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. See which way around it comes. Don't seek to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. Faith comes first. Belief is where we start, not with understanding, that comes later. And belief is about having your eyes opened to recognize Jesus, to see him, to look him in the eye and to say, yes, I know you are the son of God. Yes, I know you died as my substitute. Yes, I know you have risen, yes, I believe. Nothing in all eternity compares with that one moment that by faith our eyes are opened and our hearts recognise that Jesus is our risen saviour. 
It's a moment which, for the first time, we come alive. We are truly alive in Christ. Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthians in chapter 15, says, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ will all be made alive. And that's why we call him saviour, saved from death and made alive in Christ. So our destiny has changed. It's changed from death and punishment to life and glory. It's a great exchange that took place. What was ours became his, and what was his became ours. And because he is risen, we too will rise, rise to eternal life. So Easter Day is a great day of celebration. It looks back to an empty tomb, but in a sense we also look forward to that great gathering in glory of all God's redeemed people in eternity. Mary saw and Mary believed. John saw and John believed. Peter believed, but not immediately. And Thomas believed, but after some persuasion. Later in this chapter in John, we read that Jesus says to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So what does it mean for us today to say, yes, I believe? Are they just words that we speak? Or has our relationship with God changed as a result of that declaration? When I say, yes, I believe, does my life reflect what I'm saying? When I say, yes, I believe, can people read in my actions that it's true? A university physicist was teaching the pendulum theory to his students. It's the theory that when you let a pendulum go, it will swing backwards and forwards, it will go away and it will return, but it will return to the place just short of where you let it go. And it will continue that in ever-diminishing arcs until it eventually comes to a standstill. So to demonstrate this, the physicist got a piece of string and tied a toy on the end of it and pinned it to his blackboard and he started to swing it and he, marked, he chalked on the board where he started from. And it swung away and it came back and it was just short of his mark. Did the same again, it's just short of the second mark. And so on and so on. So at the end, he asked the students, who believes in the pendulum theory? They all put their hands up. Great teacher. For the second part of his demonstration, he got a volunteer to stand on a table. And he had a 100 kilogram metal weight tied with a rope to the ceiling of this room. And he asked the student if he believed in the pendulum theory. Yes, the student did. And he asked the student to hold this 100 kilo weight and to let it go. And the weight swung away across the room, reaching the far side, reaching its zenith. It then starts to return. And as it comes closer and closer, the student jumps off the back of the table. 
And then the physicist says to the other students, he says, what do you conclude from that demonstration? And one smart Alec put his hand up and said, I conclude that he doesn't believe in the pendulum theory. Belief is not provided, the proof of belief is not provided by our words, but by our actions. Do people see our actions and say, yes, he believes? Or is it for us words only? Mary went and told. She said, I have seen the risen Lord. The disciples preached it. He is risen. And the church still declares it today. Jesus is risen from the dead. But is it only our words that say that? Or do our lives say it also? You know those words of the father who had his sick child brought to Jesus and he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. May that be our prayer tonight. Let's pray together.